Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens for more information about Catalysis. Thank you for tuning into The Lens. I'm your host, Peter Mariahazi. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Eric Dixon, the CEO at UMass Memorial Healthcare, and Dr. John Toussaint, Executive Chairman of the Board of Catalysis. We've invited them to join us to discuss the difference between continuous improvement and new care model development. Both methodologies are important for healthcare systems to utilize in order to remain competitive and relevant in the future to provide the best outcomes. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Peter. Happy to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Eric, will you please start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and what value stream improvement means to you? Well, my name's uh, Eric Dixon. I'm an emergency physician here at uh, UMass Memorial Healthcare. We're um, uh, eight hospital campuses, about 14,000 employees, 1,100 employed doctors. Um, I also, for the past uh, eight years, in addition to um, being a clinician here, have served as CEO of the, the healthcare system and uh, have done my best to bring in a lean management system to improve performance over time. And I, I must say that I think um, eight years in, we're, we continue to head in the right direction. We get a little bit better every year, sometimes a lot bit better but it's made a, a big difference in terms of our overall uh, success. Oh, that's great to hear. Sounds like quite a, quite a journey. John, t- tell the listeners a little bit about new care development, what that means, and, and can you give us an example or two? Yeah, so n- new uh, care model development really is, uh, is, is, is um, designing care models, or these are care models that are actually obsoleting existing ones. And that's different than improving existing care models, which needs to be done too. But what we're talking about with new care model development is really uh, identifying core elements of uh, customer needs through a research process, then developing concepts around those needs, uh, uh, prototyping something different, something uh, new uh, that's adding new value building and testing that and then spreading it. So it's really creating something new and, and, and thinking about uh, creating new value for the customer versus you know, uh, the breakthrough, breakthrough value stream improvement, uh, which is really taking what we have and making it uh, much more efficient. Eric, what's the difference between those pro- approaches from a clinical and, and a health system standpoint? Well, if you you think about it from um, a value stream most people will be familiar with, think about um, a a woman who ends up with breast cancer and requires treatment. I mean, typically starts with a mammography. Mammography is abnormal. Then there's an advanced imaging associated with the biopsy. If the advanced imaging um, doesn't go well, the pathology gets read uh, that goes to um, uh, typically a surgeon next and somebody's going to inform the, the, the woman. And then there's usually a chemotherapy 
therapeutic approach, a surgical approach, and a radiation oncology approach. In our healthcare system with multiple hospitals and 29 different companies and 19 different academic departments, that poor woman is bounced from the imaging center to the hospital with the advance to the pathologist, each of which has their own waste in the process. And when we think about the value stream, we're talking about that particular patient journey and saying, we've got to improve every process along the way instead of the individual vertical silos thinking about just their piece of the process, taking out that waste and shortening the time from the mammography to the cancer cure, hopefully. Um, and so that has to be done because there's a lot of waste in those processes and almost an endless amount of waste that can be taken out. And that's a value stream we're working on right, right here at UMass Memorial. And then there's the big innovations, right? What can we do to uh, eliminate the need for that whole value stream that John uh, was talking about, or a big chunk of that value stream? Is there home diagnostic uh, testing for breast cancer that would eliminate the need of um, uh, mammography screening such that a woman could have a positive test and move directly to advanced imaging? Um, you know, we've, we've seen, and, and sorry for the examples from medicine, but we've seen this with um, colorectal cancer screening from what used to always be an endoscopy to what is now a home kit. And so there, there are examples of, of really creating something new and having it displace the old. And that, and that process for me always has to start with empathy for the customer and what they're suffering. And so going every five years and even more frequently if you're a high risk patient for an endoscopy, giving up the day and, um, and how you feel the night before, after waiting for the results, um, that's, that's not something that we want to do to patients, but it's necessary under the old model. Where, it's, where in the home screening kits that are now available, um, you can eliminate that. So. We start our process of that radical redesign with understanding the needs of the patient and having empathy for the needs of our customer um, such that we can get it right. And uh, Thank you, Eric. John, is there an example you'd like to share on the difference between the two approaches that you can think of? Well, I, I think that uh, Eric is, is, is um, you know, identified so, so, so what's happening is we, we constantly have new technology that's, that's, that's coming available. The question is, can we do something different with that new technology, whether it's colorectal uh, cancer screening or something else? Um, an example that we've written about in, in, in uh, Harvard Business Review is the, is the work that, that Atrius did on something called Care in Place, which is where they actually worked with the VNA to build a completely different care model where um, uh, elderly patients, frail elderly patients, uh, when they were, when they would call the office instead of sending them to the emergency room, uh, a nurse practitioner would go out to the home and examine the patient. That reduced the, um, the amount of uh, emergency room visits by, you know, half. 
uh, and, and, and it helped keep those patients at home. That's a, that's a different system than what existed before. That's a different process. It's a different care model. Same thing uh, with medically home. Another thing that, uh, that the Atrius has worked on where, uh, you know, now 30% of patients that were generally admitted to the hospital are treated at home. The technology is there now to support some of these new processes, but the thing is, we still have to design the new process. The technology in and of itself is not the innovation, it's the thinking behind what that new process is. And I totally agree with Eric in terms of empathizing with the patient. If we really listen from an empathetic perspective, we will understand what the patients are telling us from the standpoint of what their needs are. In the case of the care at home model, uh, the, 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 there were several patients that said, I'd rather die than go to the hospital. Well, I mean, if we're carefully listening, that means you better figure out a way not to have them go to the hospital. <laughs> and that's why they were able to build a, a new system, a new, a new care model system uh, that allowed a number of those patients to be treated at home. So, John, you've set up a nice segue to what are, what are some similarities? I mean, you might think from the initial discussion that continuous improvement model and new care model are different completely, but there's got to be some connection points some similarities uh, in the thinking and the development that go together. I mean, the concept of, I, I think the first thing we have to really deeply think about is are we improving the right thing? In other words, is our existing process so fundamentally broken that we just shouldn't even spend one minute trying to improve it? Let me give you an example. When I was CEO, uh, our inpatient care process was fundamentally broken. And we tried to improve it over a three-year period and we could not achieve our goals. So a team, a core team of sort of entrepreneurial spirited people, a doctor, a nurse, and some pharmacists and some other folks uh, worked with a number of, of, of patients and providers to create something called collaborative care, which was uh, one of the first sort of team-based care models that, that emerged in 2006. And uh, it, dramatically, it, it, it dramatically changed the way we do inpatient care. It, it, uh, and it improved uh, quality dramatically reduced uh, cost and, and patient experience was much better. But we had to do that in a pilot unit because we couldn't do the original, you know, improvement in a, in the, in, with, with the original um, uh, inpatient process because it was just fundamentally broken. We had to start over and do that pilot. So I think, you know, the thinking behind improvement is the same in both of these models. In other words, we're constantly using PDSA thinking to, 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 try new, to try new experiments and rapidly learning and rapidly changing things. I think the difference is that this idea that we're going to create a team that's really focused on really blowing up the existing model for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's not the right business model. Maybe it's, you know, like, like in our case, we tried for three years to make this better, better and we couldn't. So basically, we had to decide we're not going to improve this process anymore. We're actually going to obsolete this process and change it. Eric, I've, I've heard the phrase, and you might have used it, is skunk works. And it yeah. sounds that's what, that's what John's kind of describing. Do you, do you have an example you want to share with the listeners? 
you often have to design these things in parallel tracks or work them in parallel tracks because you can't get rid of one thing uh, and you know in emergency department flow to the inpatient wards to the ICUs that's going to continue and then but you want to do something different so I call it skunk works or, or parallel tracks or model cell there's lots of different terms out there and you and you get to start fresh and uh, often we'll do that in a separate company um, if and we'll because you get to start the whole culture piece all over. And you bring your value stream thinking to that new um, work. You just, um, but you get to do it fresh from a design. Like what does the patient really want in terms of this? And let's design around that, that requirement first. Um, we did some work in and around high utilizers of the emergency department. And we have people that have 200 visits a, a, a year to an emergency department, um, if you can imagine that. And, uh, you know, so trying to reduce those visits that a lot of them we felt were unnecessary and, and learning from the patients and saying, all right, what is it that we, what you need that you end up here all the time and everyone else. And, um, and when we've, fully understood that we said, we can't build something within the emergency department. We have to build something outside of the emergency department to work with those patients such and, and to be before they came to the emergency department, um, something called a MyLink program. And often it was folks needed substance abuse treatment. They needed a ride to the um, uh, psychiatrist. Uh, often there's a behavioral health component there. And then thinking about what, you know, you got a 30% no-show rate for um, your visits to uh, psychiatry, but you get a 5% if you do it virtual. And what would make that easier from the patient's perspective to adhere to that? And we ended up with a program that was totally outside of the emergency department. The only thing we got from the emergency department was an alert that they were, um, the patient said, this patient is somebody that might benefit from the new program. And, and it really allowed us to start fresh without worrying about the emergency department and how that functioned. Because in the emergency department, something really busy was gonna come up and you were gonna drop the ball with that patient because there was a critical need. That didn't happen when you were designing outside and it was a different pool of people that you were tapping into. So Eric, how, how do you, you gave us some great examples specifically at UMass. How do you use continuous improvement thinking, new care model development, kind of, and, and spread it throughout the culture? Because that's one of the things we talk about at Catalysis is the importance of it being from top down in the culture and everybody's thinking about it so that those ideas come from everybody. How do you spread that? Well, if, when we talk about the culture here at, at UMass Memorial, it's always, um, the foundation of our culture is innovation. Everyone looking for new, better ways to do the work today, to take care of patients, to park the cars, to get a bill out the door, whatever it is. And, and supporting that innovative spirit with continuous experimentation, help teach people how to do a well-designed experiment and do so in a way that shows respect for people. And through that, we drive towards a, um, a better place for our patients and our people. Those four things that we talk about in culture and that, and that's it. And we've tried to support the big bang kind of approach 
with a grants program that we call a the innovation uh, fund, where you can say, hey, I want to try something totally different outside my work. And you can get up to you know, $25,000 to do a little pilot. And uh, we've had some great pilots come, come out of that. So the continuous daily improvement, uh, we love the word innovation because we're an academic health science system. It kind of occurs at the innovation station. That's truly the name of our idea systems, our, our, our local level three visual management systems. But if you want to go do something well outside of that, we have a grants program to support that. And um, we've had all sorts of things come through that program that just wasn't going to happen from uh, the, the innovation station. Um, I had one that probably had the, our biggest payoff to our patients and then financially too for us, a nutritionist that said, we have all sorts of people with protein malnutrition and um, nobody's screening for it, nobody's treating it, and it has a profound impact on the outcome of their disease. And she wanted to go and start a screening program for that, but instead of having to do it with um, locally, we gave her a pool of money to work on it outside of the other team. So this was happening almost unbeknownst to the medical teams until they identified it and then easily said, hey, we'd want to we identified it, we're gonna code it, we wanna treat it in this patient and then follow them along outside because most patients don't get protein malnutrition from being in the hospital. They got it before they came into the hospital. And um, it, it's had a profound effect on the outcomes for those patients. And because if you code that, if you identify it and you meet criteria for that, you get paid much higher on a DRG, it's paid for itself 10 times over. So it was something that was beneficial to the organization. And she did that with a $25,000 grant, but you have to have some mechanism that is, you're gonna let people do these things. Um, and then we celebrate that through our Innovators of the Year program um, and, and some big, big public display of uh, the innovation that occurs. John, Eric's kind of teed us up. There's been a lot of talk about innovation in healthcare and, and, you know, he's got some great things at UMass going on and what other ways do, does innovation fit with these approaches and, and helping us with the new care model development as well as continuous improvement. Innovation seems key. Well, you know, frankly, I think innovation is an overused word in healthcare. I don't think it's well-defined. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, what, what we've tried to do in this paper, this, we, we've published a white paper uh, recently on new care model development in which we really try to stay away from the word of innovation and say, actually, let's talk about new care models. Um, because a lot of people think of innovation as the, new, the newest gadget or app or some technology thing that, oh, that, if I just had that, all my problems are going to go away. But like Eric's describing, I mean, these are processes that we're talking about. We're not talking about some app or some, you know, technology. We're talking about designing a different way to take care of patients. In other words, designing a new um, patient experience, whether it's his example in the emergency room with his, with his high flyers in the emergency room, or, you know, a simple, you know, 
I've got this idea as a nutritionist, you know, let me go try it. I mean, um, but, but, but one of the things I think that we now know, and so when I was CEO, I was CEO for eight and a half years. We had two breakthrough innovations in eight and a half years. And what I have learned from that is there needs to be a lot more focus on uh, exactly the system that it takes to actually create these new ideas, these new models, these new patient experiences. And that's what we call, uh, that, that's what we are calling. And again, you know, I refer, refer, refer the listeners to our, our white paper on this point um, is that we need to create a development value stream for our organizations. We have a delivery value stream um, that's taking care of all the patients and they have a support value stream. So the demand value stream is our marketing departments and trying to get up. But what we don't have is a development value stream. And if you look at the rest of industries, part of it, R&D, right? So at Toyota or, you know, at Google or whatever, I mean, these companies are constantly uh, creating new value. And, you know, I think that one of the things that we're missing is a system in healthcare delivery, which is, which is reproducible. So, you know, it's great to have a, a great idea and, and let's go do it, but can we, can we continue to develop these new models in a consistent and, you know, uh, and, and more than two and eight and a half years, I guess is my point. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I believe if we don't build a system with the people that it takes to do that, um, that we're going to be missing the boat in terms of, of, you know, how do we actually create these really new uh, customer experiences. Eric, you know, John's kind of put out there an idea of creating that system. What are you looking for at UMass down the road as far as that possibility of developing a, a system for developing new, new models? Yeah, and I, so I think John's exactly right. One, the, the term innovation is overused and not well-defined. We use it a lot here because it, it draws people in because it's been overused and isn't well-defined. Oh, almost, and so um, we're still embracing that. But the, the like, I you, if you walked in our strategy room next door here, you would see our primary value streams laid out, and we put our improvement efforts, you know, year over year. This is the one we've got to really focus on now. It might be access to outpatient services, which is a big one for us. But there is nothing on the board about what our standard work is or in our management system to look through for these breakthroughs in care. And often it, it is not something truly novel. I have a Nobel prize laureate is less than a hundred yards that way if he's in his office right now. And you know that's almost 20 years ago, he won the Nobel prize and very, very few patients have actually benefited from that microRNA discovery that um, uh, that he he made in small inhibitory RNA, um, it's it's things where you just look and do understand the needs of the customer, and maybe simpler solutions that you just can't do within your existing infrastructure that we probably need a process for. So I, I think if you look at our standard work for managing UMass Memorial Healthcare, our management system, um, 
that we're on version 13 now. Hopefully by the time we get to version 14 or 15, we'll have a standard process for um, looking for and implementing breakthrough level uh, into and new care models and breakthrough um, innovations. So to kind of try and bring this home a little bit, you know, I'm going to ask each of you, uh, these two systems, wh why is it so important for these, for them to pr pr produce those better results for the patients and for the outcomes they're looking for? John, do you, do you want to kind of bring it for our listeners why it's so important? Well, I mean, basically we're talking about breakthrough value stream improvement and new care model development. And we need both of those things. Traditionally in lean thinking, healthcare delivery, we've focused almost all our energy on breakthrough value stream improvement. That's not bad, okay? I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's not enough. And what we need, even if we do build new care models for new patient experiences, we still need breakthrough value stream improvement to improve it. Yeah. So we've got to have both. And, and, and I'm just suggesting that, you know, is there a process? Do you have a system to actually create new care models, uh, new care model development? And if you don't, I'm challenging people to say, I think that's a system that's going to be really important uh, as, as, as different technology and other things come along that we can build new processes. Maybe, you know, breast cancer treatment will be completely revolutionized in a way that we can't even imagine today. And um, if, we, if we have a system to be able to actually, you know, look at that differently, um, I think it's going to be better. So I think we need both things. We need our traditional, you know, breakthrough uh, value stream improvement work, and we need to improve a lot of things like Eric said. Uh, but then some things we shouldn't improve. We should actually just obsolete them. But if we don't have a system in place to obsolete them, we're not going to be able to do that. Eric, what do you think? We need both evolution and uh, revolution. And right now we have great processes for evolution, continuous improvement of an existing value stream, which in some cases, as John suggested, allows us to do the wrong thing more and more efficiently over time. So we get twice as good at doing the wrong thing. And, and sometimes that locks you into keeping it the same way. We need good standard processes to look for that revolution piece, that um, that new breakthrough, um, and uh, you know, that's it's something that uh, uh, I'm looking for and hoping to learn more about uh, over time. Thank you. So, Eric, any final thoughts you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, go Packers! <laughs> there we go. We're all looking forward to Saturday. John, anything? No, uh, it's it's the first year of the New England <laughs> Patriots haven't been there. So, you know, Eric, you can go on vacation and not worry about it. <laughs> well, you're pretty close to Tampa Bay, and um, TV's still down there, so I got somebody oh, to root for. Yeah, good point. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, thank you for that football reference this time of year. So thank you both for joining us today and sharing your insights on how healthcare organizations can continue improving care. If you would like to learn more about new care model development, check out our white paper, Designing the Future of Healthcare. This and many other resources are available at the Catalysis website, createvalue.org. Stay tuned for more episodes designed to help healthcare leaders support their organizations on a journey to organizational excellence.
Thank you for listening. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens to learn more about how catalysis can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.